Hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Good morning. Good morning. It is. It's. It's morning. Yeah. It's not super early, but it's not 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 at all. No. No. For parents, it's like midday. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I know a lot of these uh, are tech friends out there, they are about to maybe roll out of bed soon mm -hmm. and turn on their Zoom calls <laughs> for today. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, yeah. What's what's happening? Um, had a birthday yesterday. It was nice. Yeah. It was um. Yeah, say happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. I was trying to figure out something funny to say. But. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was. I mean, you know, it was. It was a different kind of birthday because we were home all day. But it was nice. I mean, I have to say. The first birthday that my husband and I had together, he took me to Paris. So that, you know, that was nice. Um, but this was one of the best birthdays that I've had in a while. Nice. Yeah. I mean, one year my mother was here and then, you know, then there was a birthday. Yeah. I mean, we've had, you know, kind of ups and downs, but... Mm -hmm. You know, the birthdays keep climbing. So, but this was a good one. This was a, yesterday was a nice day. So how does it feel to be 25? <laughs> Feels great. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was a, um, it wasn't as a super important birthday. I mean, I guess all birthdays are somewhat important because you lived in, you survived another year, but um, it was, uh, yeah, it, it feels nice. Did, did you have any thoughts about, well, okay, what am I going to achieve in this next year or so? I mean, I have so much that I want to achieve. And I mean, 33 was already a great year for me, um, despite, um, oh, I just revealed my age. <laughs> yeah, I turned 34 yesterday. And um, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, there's so I'm going to do a new course um, starting soon. And, you know, just to continue with, you know, all of the learning I said at the beginning of the year that, you know, for me, last year was a year of, you know, books and learning this year is a year of go and, you know, just moving forward. Um, so there's lots to achieve. And and um, I have specific goals, you know, with my family. Um, I mean, it it's kind of, you know, dependent also on, you know, the way the world is moving right now. But um, so far, I mean, I can't complain so much about this year. Mm -hmm. I get to spend more time with my daughter, mm -hmm. you know, and um, even though, you know, we're home a lot, um, we take little trips to the, you know, drugstore and, and we go about, you know, our life. So making the most of it. Yeah. No, um, I think that's a very sane thing to to think about and not to maybe have too much focus on a, you know a specific date that something is going to happen that mm -hmm. okay well the lockdown is going to end at uh, february 14th or something right. like that and put your hopes up too much uh, on on those things and no just you know live in the present mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah but obviously um, um, it's nothing wrong with <laughs> planning and having some ideas of where you want to 
you know go and then you simply you know have to adapt with the circumstances that are there like yeah. you, you can't go to paris for for your birthday or for a trip or so and um yeah it's, it's definitely going to be interesting uh to see what uh you know what happens and and so on with you know is are we going to have vaccines that are mm -hmm. uh, working yeah will we have um you know next year uh, or you know will next winter mm -hmm. uh autumn or fall have you know reinsurgence of of this virus yeah uh i find it high, highly likely that we will have like another wave mm -hmm. uh, of uh, you know a seasonal uh, uh resurgence simply mm -hmm. um even with vaccination but that's my you know again i it's not my pessimistic line of thought it's, it's just as much as i understand viruses this yeah. is kind of how viruses work it's like they mutate and mm -hmm. they try to find a way and it might, might just not be as lethal mm -hmm. when it mutates it's mm -hmm. uh it's not beneficial for uh you know viruses to be lethal lethal right uh, the point of the virus is to survive as long as possible and right. to you know spread as much as possible and yeah. if it's too infectious or sorry if it's too dangerous then it's simply not gonna be successful as a virus and you know it, yeah getting a grip <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um but yeah, that's not what we're here talking about. No, today today we have um, a really cool topic. There's so much to unpack about it. Um, we're going to be talking about insecurities in, you know, many kind of different factors of our life. Uh, one of those being, you know, body complex. We're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about performance and how, you know men and women both kind of, um, you know, navigate their life with, you know, with the insecurities that they have and how to overcome insecurities, what insecurities are. Um, I think it's important to talk about what it is, um, how, you know, limiting factors really change the course of our goals that we want to achieve hmm. um they can really change our kind of our egoic state um we can very easily let our insecurities be the driving force in our life so i guess the first question that i have for you is how would you define insecurity uh oh yeah good i haven't really thought, thought about that but yeah insecurity <laughs> is uh it is as it says maybe something you feel unsafe mm -hmm. you're vulnerable mm -hmm. and uh, insecurity is something that makes us feel vulnerable and also maybe limits us mm -hmm. uh, into getting into the crossfire Mm -hmm. or if it's imaginative or if not we uh it's an insecurity that somehow um holds us back mm -hmm. 
that would be at least my my view of it i never had like a you know never had the idea that a insecurity would be like a, a positive dri driver mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. for us so now i'm thinking rather that it's something that is limiting us and uh yeah yes it's definitely a a belief that we have right mm. um whether it be you know incredibly strong or something that's just kind of needling at us a, a, a fear of doing something um and i guess the the question is is how how do you overcome that i don't think it's enough to say well just you know just tell it to go away i think you have to look it square in the face and acknowledge it and um be brave enough to to let that insecurity speak to hear what it has to say mm. because whatever you don't acknowledge right and it, 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 i guess it you know it goes hand in hand with the things like you know forgiveness you know whatever you don't acknowledge it will always be there in your life kind of looking for resolution mm -hmm. so insecurity i think is the same way you know we we don't want it in our life but at the same time we don't want to acknowledge it we don't want to it's too scary it's too scary mm -hmm. yeah it's fearful mm -hmm. and what it might say we don't want to hear yeah. it's like looking in the mirror mm. right yeah uh, we talked about i mean <clears throat> I had this talk um, with, you know, not only one person, but uh, multiple persons, uh, a common theme, very common is, it's like, uh, I, I'm, I don't want to step on the scale. Mm -hmm. um, or it can be, you know, okay, I can step on the scale, but I definitely don't want to see how much body fat I have. Mm -hmm. Or it can be, um, you know, I don't want to see what I'm eating. Mm -hmm. I don't want to track what I'm eating. Mm -hmm. um, and all those things come down to revealing something that you're scared of, right? Yeah. Um, we take the, the body weight, it might be, this definitely does not, you know, fit in my world observation. Right. Uh, and I, I rather live in ignorance. Mm -hmm. uh, and in my made up world mm -hmm. than to have that basal fact right uh and to be honest like yeah the, are the reasons for that if we look at this the scale like yeah i mean the scale is not per se important it's just what you make it you know if you have a certain you know uh if you are connecting the scale a number on the scale whatever that number is uh, 65 kilos 85 kilos or 100 kilos if you have a certain like mm, um, idea of what that means mm -hmm. uh, like you're that you're a failure if you're above this or whatever mm -hmm. or that it would some uh, change your you know the way you look at yourself and everything right. that's only stories right? right you're telling yourself because it's just a number it it's just a basal fact number mm -hmm. and you have 
now the option to use that number right uh, rather than to be you know um labeled by that number mm -hmm. yeah it, it reveals this kind of deeper truth about ourself yeah yeah i mean the the i guess one of the most uh revealing or hard to take things would be maybe intelligence mm -hmm. so uh, measure your intelligence and because it tends to be or seem to be pretty finite like in you 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 reach a certain intelligence um mostly uh it's inheritance so whatever genes you have mm -hmm. made made you this <laughs> this uh smart or dumb and um and that might be also like frightening because that's a number that it's super hard to actually change yeah uh at least what most scientists think um and then there is, uh, of course, this more like postmodernic idea that you can just make up. If you feel like you're intelligent, you are intelligent. But that's not really true. Um, this is where science and, and, uh, and science fiction goes apart. Um, but uh, yeah, so you, you, you reach a certain number. So we say intelligence tests, I, I would do that. And it ends up to be you know 90 mm -hmm. uh, and for those who don't know like to be in those 80 to 90 is you're you're basically a moron mm -hmm. but you know we have 10 percent of our population at least in that category and what it means to be in that category is that you simply you have super hard to do the simplest tasks mm -hmm. uh, you have super hard to um you know be organized you're super hard to uh do the simplest tasks as just you know folding a letter or mm -hmm. folding your clothes mm -hmm. or something like that it's simply not doable right right uh, so does that mean that just because i have this intelligence i'm just not gonna do my best mm. no it's sim it's still like there's there's still value there mm -hmm. that i can bring Mm -hmm. um but we i should not also not uh you know i i should try i should mm -hmm. try but also there should not be any you know delusion of well if you just try hard enough you're gonna get to harvard mm -hmm. no it's not gonna it's not gonna happen mm -hmm. and because setting those even then two unrealistic goals that would also be just heartbreaking right in one sense but uh, you know there's some kind of aspiration of you know keep on dreaming i uh, i think like forrest gump is this kind of great uh, way of uh, signaling this because in the in the movie he is he well he gets uh, scored very low iq mm -hmm. and so on but you know he's uh in this character uh, he he demonstrates uh, like nice character simply mm -hmm. he's trustworthy he does passion he's, he's yeah he does what he says mm -hmm. he, he doesn't understand everything and right. that makes him mad right but he he has the the right character mm -hmm. meaning that he tries his best he he well if you go from here to here he does that mm -hmm. and he just follows kind of follows order in one sense uh and in in his world the good thing is that he has this uh you know 
um, yeah, he has been built at least a good character. Mm -hmm. So you could build someone a bad character and that would be a monster. Mm -hmm. But he he ends up just just by having a good character, people are recognizing that and that makes him successful. Right. So even though he's not successful or not intelligent, he still, uh, you know, people accept that and he he can reap the benefits of, of that. So right. It's, uh, yeah. There are some, uh, you know, more archetypical uh, story behind that. Mm -hmm. I would say that's why people love the story because it's kind of gives everyone hope that, you know, as, as long as I show good character, mm -hmm. that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. How does insecurity come into play with parenting? <laughs> oh, I uh, think this is an entire episode, yeah. but... I definitely, I mean, the, the parenting uh, thing is a huge one, especially now. And it comes down to, again, character building. Yeah. Um, because we are, um, I mean, our generation, we, we kind of were uh, raised, our generation, the generation before us, we were raised up in this um, context of, almost like delusional thinking of, you know, a, a lot of unicorns and not growing up and people are still in the thirties, forties, like, oh, that's such a grown up thing to do, mm -hmm. which is uh, like ridiculous in one sense, mm -hmm. but it, it's just, it's not like, I don't blame anyone for that, but it's, uh, it's, um, it's just a sign of where the society that's mean and where it is mm -hmm. so we have like these you know all grown-up kids running around right now uh, and in one sense you know haven't got the character character built as they should and so on so right now as a parent everyone is a bit like you know lost and what should i do uh, if i'm like is this a good way should i shout like this am mm -hmm. i am i right to be angry am mm -hmm. i um and all these like insecurities, uh, oh, I can't, I, I'm going to traumatize my kid if I do this. Right. I can't feed my kid this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to, you know, uh, destroy my, my, my kid and so on. So, and, uh, you know, being a good parent, what is that uh, for, for most of us is like, well, I, uh, looking at from a, like a, a female perspective, it's like the, there's there's no forgiving uh, as, as a female in this uh, perspective like you have to be successful at work right so you need to work if you want to be successful and and be top law firm woman or you know business executive mm -hmm. well you need to work 60 hours a week right but hey you have to be a good mom Mm -hmm. But, you know, being a good mom is probably also 60 hours a week. Yeah. So how are you going to fit that? It's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, so you have to make a choice as a woman. I mm -hmm. mean, men have to do this too. Um, and uh, But as a woman, it, the expectation is simply you have to be a great mom and a great careerist. And uh, that outer pressure, uh, as I see it, is like, you know, making a lot of women feel bad about themselves mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in one sense also you know to be 
successful at your career and so on. Yeah. Well, you can't have kids when you're 20. You need to study. You need to do this. And so you're postponing parenting and getting kids and everything. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then you end up like in your, you know, mid 30s, late 30s, 40s, and you're you don't have a family mm -hmm. because you pursued mm -hmm. this other road mm -hmm. route and then from the other other side of the perspective while well, you are 20 you start study you get pregnant mm -hmm. and you say no i want to do you know i, I want to have uh, a kid mm -hmm. and uh you know well, it ends up being super hard and i can't finish my studies on time and you know i'm still now in my early 30s i haven't you know i just maybe finished my studies or i haven't finished my studies and now kind of working, working a bit and but mostly taking care of, you know, I maybe got even two kids uh, by now. And now now the outer pressure is like, well, why, why aren't you doing anything with your career? Your yeah. life, you can't just work in a drug drugstore all life. Yeah. And like you're, you're just a home uh, homeworking mm -hmm. mom. Like what, what's uh, uh, at least that's the story what many women i think are telling themselves mm -hmm. um and this is like tearing many people apart i think so much of what happens um and i can speak from experience is after you have a kid you do lose a sense of yourself because all of the sudden you have something else that's your world that's so important you know um you would do anything for and you lose the love for yourself and taking care of yourself um all of your energy is focused on the baby mm. right and making sure you're doing everything right mm. right or everything that's by the book or everything that everybody is telling you to do um I know you're not doing this right. Oh, you should do it this way. Oh, you should read this book. And, you know, um, and so often I think, you know, again, from experience is you, you stopped even listening to your own instincts, mm -hmm. you know, your own intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that I did when, when I became a new mom is I just, I stopped reading any parenting books as I, you know, I listened to podcasts, you know, week by week when I was pregnant, you know, oh, this is this week, you know, the baby grew, you know, the fingernails, you know, and, um, <laughs> as soon as she came out, I just stopped reading any books because I was like, this is not going to help me. Yeah. I need to use my instinct right now. Yeah. Um, and I need to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I put myself, mm. you know, at the top. Mm. Of course, I took care of my baby, but I, I, I really put it in my mind that okay, if I'm gonna take care of this baby, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And women just forget to do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. There's a. Uh, I mean, uh, again, it comes to this. Uh, <laughs> this view of being the perfect mom maybe and that means total sacrifice of your, your yourself mm -hmm. uh, which i don't think is true it's like in any relationship you shouldn't sacrifice yourself no um and um but yeah uh, 
I think it's interesting this uh, this common thing like when you get your first kid, you are usually very into, as you said, you know, listening to week by week what happens <laughs> with the fetus and whatever. Yeah. And uh, that comes down to because it's simply something many of us have blocked, mm-hmm. not look into mm-hmm. until it's at that point. Yeah, because it's it's scary, right? That I might have that ultimate responsibility, right? Whereas this in you know many other cultures where it's like well of course you're going to be a mom of course you're going to have a family mm-hmm. in our western society it's like well yeah there's uh, this kind of notion that you're going to have a family it's just you know almost gone mm-hmm. where it's like well it's, uh, we'll see what, what happens yeah and in you know more i would say uh, older cultures uh or just if you go back 100 years it was obvious like that we will have families we will have this Mm -hmm. so of course you were much more prepared Mm -hmm. um but yeah um did you have so what was your um did you have like one big insecurity as a mom when you before or after or um you know um before i had sophia my biggest fear was that i would lose who I am. Mm -hmm. I had this idea that I had built myself up, you know, my entire life. And as soon as I had the baby, all of that would go away. Um, That was a huge fear of mine. Mm. Um, And then once I had Sophia, I mean, of course, you you know, you're you're full of hormones and you're, Mm. you know, the first year is just something like, I can't even describe it unless you, unless you live it firsthand. Um, it's very overwhelming and you, you come, you know, you come face to face with very scary moments, you know, where you're just like, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think my, my insecurity was, you know, it's like keep the baby alive. Yeah. Right. Keep the baby alive. You know, I have kind of a framework, but my, my, my biggest thing was I have to take care of me Mm. because if I take care of me, then I'll be a, I'll have the mindset. I'll have the motivation, the, you know, all the, the intention, everything to be able to take care of my family. Mm. So I did, you know, very consciously, take care of myself Mm. and that was that was a choice that i had to make all of the time Mm. well well um it's interesting with with this losing yourself because that's actually what's going to happen like Mm -hmm. you're not going to be the same as before Mm -hmm. and uh anyone that tells you it's going to be just the same but you have a kid no it's not true and um you know it is this uh, the analogy as i see it is that as soon as you walk through that door there's no return right right yeah and and there's (laughs) um there's a simply a a completely new world of who you are and Mm -hmm. potential you have yeah um and you know uh if you don't walk through that world you can have a super happy life and Mm -hmm. and so on but it's it is a bit like, I don't know, 
um, I, I, I guess the analogy would be like having a this super amazing drug. Mm-hmm. If there's probably a super amazing drug out there, if mm-hmm. I take it, that would be like blowing my mind, yeah. and uh, I would just you know be on this drug all day. And um, now uh, I can still have a very happy life without taking that drug, yeah. because I'm kind of in ignorance mm-hmm. and i can still you know travel the world i can do all these things i can write books i can become famous i can mm-hmm. you know build child children's hospitals and be like a you know a guy with a good heart and mm-hmm. a character and everything yeah but i never experienced that drug yeah because that drug is still going to be more powerful than building one million children's hospitals right and so on yeah and that's kind of the thing um, that I analyzed the, this uh, uh, situation of being a parent is like this ultimate drug that you know you have you have taken it or not and you know there's no reason for me to, to talk to anyone that hasn't had the drug mm-hmm. and try to you know I don't need to talk someone into it or right. anything but I know when you've taken it uh, you're 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 here you're in you're 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 in the trip yeah and yeah. Uh, not to say that you know if you haven't then awesome build one million children's hospitals mm-hmm. and do everything that will fulfill your life yeah um, and uh in one sense i think let's say um being a politician being like a high executive and so on is almost trying to fill that void in one sense that um, we want to take care of people, um, be responsible to so many people, as mm-hmm. much, much people as possible. And, you know, by some people that that need is so big, so great that they, they you know, they need to become the president or mm-hmm. they need to become the Bundeskanzler. And, um, and, you know, take care of as much responsibility as possible mm-hmm. um to one in one sense like fill that void because um what tends to happen is that a lot of people that are seeking that ultimate responsibility yeah they're maybe fleeing their ultimate responsibility mm-hmm. from their actual families yeah and i like a common observation i have is people that have like the hardest time with their own relationships with their parents siblings uh with their kids maybe uh is that they they try to take on some other responsibility Mm. so they can you know in one way (laughs) fill that void yeah Uh, it's much easier to fix let's say your problem Mm -hmm. and you know try to be here for you than try to really fix my own yeah uh so uh that's just a common observation and this kind of if you map it out on like a political scale you can see maybe what people are trying to you know help the entire world and what's the domestic like their their real personal uh, relationships Mm -hmm. uh, uh, behind there so uh, yeah a lot about parenting but what does this have to do with um uh insecurity uh, it's no but insecurity but with um let's say uh well crossfit fitness um well i think people yeah 
you know, when you when you have such a, a major life change um, that really, you know, kind of changes, you know, the direction that you, you know, that you kind of, you know, have been going on. I see that people stop challenging themselves Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they might seek out, you know, you know, these big kind of grand challenges, you know, Mm -hmm. to like go like hike up a huge mountain or something, but how can people, um, how can, how can people get back to themselves in a moment in their life where insecurity, where doubt, where questions, where, you know, feeling unsafe, what can, um, I guess, you know, CrossFit or, you know, following, you know, um, a specified fitness program, um, change that or how can that, um, alleviate or mitigate, you know, insecurities in one's Mm -hmm. life? Um, so one good thing, I guess, with, um, uh, with CrossFit, uh, and like the method of CrossFit is that, well, it requires kind of uh, hard work mm-hmm. and it requires, uh, you know, it builds you s- slowly up with these, uh, good things like, uh, you know, grit, mm-hmm. character, uh, mental strength, and, you know, so in one sense, you're, you're building yourself up, uh, strengthening yourself up um, physically, but also mentally. Mm-hmm. And that will probably make it easier for you to actually start to face these, mm-hmm. uh, you know, demons. Yeah. Um, and if we look at specifically demons about uh, our own, um, you know, bodies, mm-hmm. that's a very common insecurity. Like we have, I don't think I know anyone that really doesn't have an insecurity point of their own body somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you can you can look up the the most successful and beautiful and sexy people out there. And they are full with insecurities about their body. And um, what I see is that when you start training, um, so most people are, might be have some insecurities so they see like okay i i i want to drop some weight i want to lose some weight so hmm. so maybe that would be a way to get my insecurities to go away to just you know drop weight mm-hmm. and, and be lighter or mm-hmm. you know lose fat and what happens is when you start training blah blah, blah you you start to feel better and everything is that uh again you start to maybe be more, more uh, like you, at the beginning, you might not even want to step on a scale, right? Right. But after doing this and mentally re- struggling and right, pushing yourself and building that grit and so on, mm-hmm. suddenly you're, you have the power mm-hmm. and you have the mental strength and courage mm-hmm. to face that demon. Like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to face, face the facts now. And so it slowly builds you up and then you can, you know, overcome this fear of your insecurity with the weight. Mm-hmm. But it might be, you know, you might have had insecurities about something else. Like, um, 
I don't know, like a typical one for for uh, guys, I guess is like, well, if you're if you're overweight that you have uh, what's what's called bitch tits or something like that. <laughs> bitch tits. <laughs> yeah. And you want to um, and, you know, that's the insecurity for many. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you start training and, you know, might take you just a couple of months and suddenly you you can face yourself in in that fact that hey i can i, I can actually be I, like i'm 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 here now but mm -hmm. i know i'm going to change over time and so that means these guys they can they can take off the shirt yeah they they uh, they start to feel like i am accepted for who i am mm -hmm. and uh i can accept who i am too um in that sense um getting rid of that insecurity of, you know, what other people might think, which might be the underlying cause to this insecurity. But uh, I think the, the insecurity comes from, you know, not have faced the actual fact of, mm -hmm. of, you know, actually facing this demon, which is, you know, talking to you uh, behind your, uh, you know, subconscious yeah. talk whatever yeah um and you know it's it's um it's not it's not an easy task but then the more mental strength you have the and you start to build this like foundation mm -hmm. uh of uh mental capacity and and so on and this base you're you're, you're going to be able to deal with other insecurities yeah. that might just not be you know about your body body weight mm -hmm. um, which i think is again that's just a number it doesn't tell us anything really yeah it's like bmi it doesn't tell us tell us that much at, at all mm -hmm. like all these numbers together that tells us uh, a bigger uh, gives us a bigger picture but like one number not not enough yeah um so i don't need to be specifically afraid about that mm-hmm um but yeah then we have other insecurities and it's like when you come to you know it might be at work like how to handle difficult persons at work or mm -hmm. uh, how to handle your boss or mm -hmm. how to handle your employees or uh or clients mm -hmm. um so yeah it builds this character slowly slowly yeah uh, what I, what i see so much you know especially um at, at, at you know once upon a time when when our gyms were open and um and we would have group classes is that you know i would see firsthand you know you know when when i was you know in the class participating as a member is that when people and this is true for myself is when you give yourself the opportunity to show what you're made of even if it's you know you know even if it's just a fraction of of you know where you are six months down the road but when you give yourself the opportunity to start to show what you're made of the insecurity starts to fade away yeah and you grow from that and you learn and so then what i see is that you know a mistake that you make at the very beginning versus the mistake that you make six months down the road is, is completely different. It doesn't phase you. It doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, your, your entire perspective changes. 
And um, because you're, you're doing something with intention. And I think intention is such a key factor when it comes to, um, you know, growing away from your fears, right? When you do something intentionally, you're conscious, you're present, you're, um, you're in the driver's seat. Mm. And when you're in the driver's seat, there's no room for insecurity, mm. right? There's only room for you driving the bus, yeah. right? Um, could you talk about some, some, you know, some things that you see from, you know, some, maybe from some of our members that, you know, have, have changed? Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, to be honest, most people change. And most people change um, over, over time. And the longer people stay, the more they change to mm -hmm. the better. Um, and, you know, or to the better, that's, that's wrong. I would say you changed, you changed to a part uh, to, to, to a stage where you, this might be the thing that where you want to develop further, mm -hmm. but you might just, this might just be the catalyst to, to do something else mm -hmm. too. And this is also one, one important thing is that this, of course, we want to build your character. We want to make you stronger and, and feel happier and everything. But you need to use that outside the gym. Like, yeah. we can't just be living inside the gym. Mm -hmm. um, we can't just only do CrossFit. We do CrossFit so we can do other stuff. Right. And um, so I think that's important to, to remember. But yeah, I have a good example from uh, a member who told me i am not going to disclose any names but uh, told me that you know had a very rough or rough not not rough but like you know growing up and the the connection with with sports was uh, you know maybe in school and uh, in school getting ridiculed mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. by the others the peers that made this person super insecure uh, and you know those things that happen when you're a kid, they tend to stick for a long while. And again, we start to tell our tell ourselves these stories. So when this person, you know, is doing something, uh, hmm. yeah, by himself, can only see all these bullies from mm. school watching and saying mm -hmm. like, "You're not good. You're not good enough," and and so on. So mm -hmm. why even try? Right um so the big change was then when this person started train here and started to realize that i'm accepted for who i am mm. so i don't need to do the same way as rebecca um if i can't do something else like the coaches there and 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 high fives me and and you know gives me motivation gives me a good good workout and i try my best and um and everyone is happy for me that I actually finished a workout or mm -hmm. that I managed to do this today. Mm -hmm. uh, and to be in that surrounding, never being in that surrounding where people are just supporting me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that's huge. You know, uh, think about like having 30 years or, or so of telling yourself that you're not allowed to 
uh, and being insecure and, you know, um, being shut down in one way. And now being able to, you know, start to grow. And, yeah. Uh, that's, that's super, uh, I mean, super touching story, at least when I talked to, to this person, I was like, okay, this is, I need to hold my, my tears now. <laughs> so, um, and, um, yeah, I think there's something really good in that. And, um, also something to share is, is this like, you know, the supportive, of mm -hmm. uh of what we're doing mm -hmm. and uh, yeah so we we can overcome big insecurities and this is going to trickle down to again not only from sports but what what other insecurities do we have that it, we are told mm -hmm. uh from you know or we we got told as a kid or whatever and we're telling us these sto stories and suddenly we realize that this is just a stupid story that, yep. that we're telling ourselves. Yeah. I have another example outside the gym, but um, it's someone who was in a podcast, Jim Kroll, and he, he was six years old and uh, a teacher told him like, well, you're, you're, a, <laughs> you're a slow reader, Jim. So uh, Jim, uh, grew up uh, and thinking he he was uh, a slow reader so he was always like you know in having uh, problems with reading and he was having insecurities about it and um, you know he, he really had to fight for it and and so on and uh, still at like 30 something he was he was like oh, uh, you know, I'm a very slow reader. He was talking to one of his coaches and, and, uh, and the coach was like, so, okay, so what do you mean with slow reader? Uh, so you have problems like reading a book or so like, no, no, I can read a book. Oh, okay. How many books do you read? Well, he's like, well, I usually read like a, a one or two books a week. And, and, uh, the, the coach was like, so you read, uh, more than 50 books a year like well, yeah maybe 80 90 like well i have to break it to you you're not a slow yeah. reader <laughs> like um and then you know they started to map that out and they tested it and like well no he's not a slow slow reader but he he was he was been telling himself all the way like through school yeah through high school through college and also you know as a professional um he worked in uh, banking and investments and stuff like that and he uh, was always like i'm the slow reader at me i need to hold myself back you know yeah it's this <laughs> it's this thing of um i mean the book mindset comes comes to mind because this is exactly what she's talking about um and you know having this fixed mindset of, you know, a belief, you know, something that we were told from a, a young age and how has and how that has, you know, grown with us throughout the year and how it's the years and how it's manifested into our life. <clears throat> um, and, you know, at what point, you know, do you decide, okay, this isn't how I am. You know, does it take a, you know, a, you know, being analyzed or an experiment 
um, to figure out that, okay, I'm not a slow reader or I am a good artist, mm. right? Um, switching to a growth mindset, right? Um, I don't believe that it happens overnight. I believe that it takes practice, right? Things take practice. Um, but acknowledging that this is something that was told to me, these kind of like rules that, you know, that's almost like rules that we've, that we've lived by um, our entire life. And at some point in our adulthood, you know, hopefully when you're not too old, you change that. Mm -hmm. and how that can change your perspective, how that can change your life. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I'm thinking about like insecurities that uh, I've been having and, and, you know, I still have insecurities probably that uh, are somewhere lurking. Mm -hmm. And the thing is just realizing that you have those it's the first thing like it's like a, almost being an alcoholic right yeah you need to realize those uh, things first and the thing is okay that's the first step you realize that and just accept that i have these insecurities mm -hmm. now the second step is to face those insecurities face those demons mm -hmm. and um they are you know the best way to do it is to do front frontal attack mm -hmm. uh, usually but not everyone can do it with a frontal attack. So um, it is okay, and this is kind of, it, it is okay to approach it in, in any way, really, that mm -hmm. uh, the speed you're doing it at is not so important. The intention is more important. Mm -hmm. So um, something like, take the scale again. So. One way to do this is to first buy a scale, mm -hmm. right? You don't have to use it. It's just going to be there mm -hmm. and you're just going to watch it. And now, you know, you're going to take, I don't know, after after a week, maybe one year, I don't know, you're going to take a, a pack of milk and you're just going to weigh the pack of milk and you, you, <laughs> you know, you're going to weigh stuff on that mm -hmm. and just you know okay it doesn't bite me it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's just a, a scale standing there and then you know you might start to tip your toe on it and say oh what happens when i tip it <laughs> <laughs> then you know eventually just you know you're gonna you're gonna look at this you know you're dipping your toe to the ocean and, mm -hmm. and you know one at one point you're just gonna jump in right and see what happens yeah and I think that is like where you, you know, break new ground and so on. And mm -hmm. for some people, this is just, you know, they, they don't even dip their toe. They just boom, jump, right. jump in. And um, what is the best approach is, uh, I mean, whatever works yeah. for you. And uh, yeah. yeah, I just think it's good to, rather than just trying to hide and try to push those away, those insecurities, it's better to actually try to face them. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's easy at all. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, and this is why it helps to be strong. It helps to be mm -hmm. you know, mentally strong mm -hmm. and 
have support, you know, some people really need to have psychological support for doing those things mm -hmm. when you have phobias or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we we can, you know, grow that into a really big monster if we want to. Mm -hmm. But uh, for most people, those are just small demons and mm -hmm. we can, you know, just whack them out. Whack, yeah. Whack them all. I had a, my, my old... Um when I used to sing, I had this voice teacher and we would, he did this the exercise and he called them devil affirmations and it made me think about this because let's say you were going through a piece and there was, you know, a difficult moment in there <clears throat> and, um, and he's like, okay, well, what's the, what's the self-talk, mm -hmm. you know, and you would, you know, what he had you do would you, you weren't singing at this moment right. <laughs> but you were going <clears throat> you were talking through the voice of the devil or the self-talk so okay. you would and you would say you know you like mm -hmm. you're making ugly sounds you're not breathing in the correct places uh -huh. you won't be able to perform this you know for at least you know a year yeah. and sometimes you get really into it and what would happen is is you would use that mm -hmm. and then you'd go back into the piece and oftentimes you'd sing much better okay. and it really did work um and I, I i thought it was very valuable because you would acknowledged mm -hmm. the the issue you acknowledged the insecurity mm -hmm. you let it have its kind of its voice or its time to speak so yeah, I, I mean, sometimes just tell, saying what the insecurity is, yeah. is just enough to just make it disappear. Yeah. Um, and um, did you have like a special key that you always like feared when you saw it uh, when singing? Um, I can't think of anything specific, but it was generally like, you know, with like high belting or, you know, like the end of a piece, mm -hmm. would I have enough air, you know, to sustain the entire, you know, you know, six bars or eight bars of music at the end. <laughs> um, and, you know, where would I be able to hit this note? You know, the yeah. then it becomes the most important note in the entire piece. Um, yeah, those were those were my my biggest fears <laughs> coming in on time. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> there are some good <laughs> acts out there. Um, to be honest, that, that are so so funny. Like I have to think about performance. So mm -hmm. people that are uh, that are singing and they're uh, you know hitting the wrong key and and note uh, or the timing is off. Where yeah. you know they're, uh, they're like being very big concerts where I think it's one with Ben Halen or something like that, where uh, I think their their the sound on the stage is mm -hmm. so bad they yeah. can't hear the sound okay. going out. Yeah. So the singer is just like trying to figure out the the, the pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he's totally offbeat with everything. Yeah. It's uh, everyone is to be honest. Uh, like you can hear, I guess like the they can hear a bit of the drums when they're on the stage, but it's so loud, everything. Yeah. And, and they can't really, you know, connect. It's, it's, to, it's so funny to, to, to see that. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, it, even in those contexts, when, when there might be like very high pressure, mm -hmm. uh, 
performance on the stage you you know everyone is watching you yeah and um like what happens is well there's no escape there right yeah and i guess for some people that are doing performance this is also the thing that mm -hmm. you want to fear uh, face that mm -hmm. kind of fear of you know getting ridiculed or mm -hmm. whatever it might be on the stage and um doing that kind of also builds you the character to mm -hmm. kind of be become more courageous facing fear uh, yeah. other fears but um yeah I, I something that always uh, like kind of helped me is uh is this uh idea of like what's the worst thing that can happen yeah and uh sometimes we're just building up these big castles of things that we think are important uh and then it's like no but what's the worst thing what's the really worst thing that can happen mm -hmm. uh you know if, if you step on the scale what's the absolutely worst thing that's going to happen it's like well nothing really happens mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah a, um and um yeah uh, or on the stage you 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 don't hit the, the key or the note and yeah and you know what's the worst thing that can happen is like well you might lose your job you're never gonna have you know be on stage again and blah 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 but you know is that really true uh, for one mm -hmm. thing like yeah no it's usually you know and and when you start to think about that and then you're on stage and you you might you might be cold you know you have something and then you you can't hit the, mm -hmm. the tone so you mm -hmm. have to kind of maybe pick a lower mm -hmm. uh, lower tone for that and then uh you know people are like well it was different and and so on like well yeah I'm sorry my my voice was not there today yeah and um uh, yeah or you know yeah i totally missed it and you know yeah mm -hmm. it's funny that happened yeah <laughs> but also it's like you learn something and it's always valuable you know so i mean like i like the I like the example of stepping on the scale because okay it's it's not the number that you know you you wanted but you're going to learn something in that moment you're going to learn that maybe eating a bag of chips at night is not the best thing for me you know or i need to start thinking about alternative you know ways of eating or what or alternative things to eat um so you're going to learn you're going to learn if it's a performance you know to next time i'm gonna take that extra hour with the band or the accompanist or the orchestra or whatever mm. and practice until i can't make a mistake right i mean shit happens mm. you know that we don't have control over sometimes um but there's always lessons to be learned. Mm. And I think when going back to talking about insecurity, the more lessons that you can learn, the less insecure you will be. Yeah. And even even being <clears throat> faced with the fact that there are some things I, I can't do. Mm -hmm. Like I'm never going to be that. Mm -hmm. And that's also taking away insecurity because now we're, sh I'm sure yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that is kind of the more in the finites, really granular things. But 
they are definitely you know you can always keep on you know again trying you can be Forrest Gump yeah and you know just try your best and yeah. then do your best which is you know um um one 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 sense is like yeah having good character and what does that mean well mm -hmm. you know being being trustworthy mm -hmm. uh, is one of the i guess highest yeah values you can have like a principle so there's a really good song i heard on sesame street called the power of yet <laughs> and it's sung by oh i can't remember her name she's anyways doesn't matter but it's the called the power of yet and so now when sophia says i can't do this i say you can't do it yet okay. and you know at some point she will be able to and i will celebrate that right but i will celebrate the you know all of the times she attempts it as well right so, so is there anything right now that you feel you 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 can't do or that you will never be able to do that i that i that i know for sure i will never be able to do yeah um yeah <laughs> drive drive a car i will never drive a car i don't want to drive a car and i will never drive a car <laughs> and why <laughs> because i don't want to and why do you don't you want to <laughs> because i don't think i'm the type of person that should drive a car okay that sounds like a story <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe i should be behind the wheel <laughs> okay it's just it's just something that i have always felt when i was um you know coming to the age you know at i think it was 16 um when everybody went to go get you know their their licenses um my dad would take me to like parking lots of like the shopping mall at nighttime and like taught me tried to teach me how to drive my dad's like the worst driver also mm -hmm. so he was maybe this is partly why but um you know, he wanted to teach me to drive and I got behind the wheel a couple of times. It wasn't for me. When I moved to Toronto, I was about, I don't know, 20 or so. My aunt took me out and she wanted to teach me to drive and it wasn't for me. So that, that, that is a cool thing because uh, I, I definitely, well, <clears throat> you, as you might realize, that's a story you're telling yourself. Uh, like. <laughs> you're uh you're perfectly you can ride a bike you mm -hmm. can do all these things yeah. right uh you can take care of a kid yeah and you know i can basically like most people even that can drive a car and been doing that for a while they can drive a car with one eye closed mm -hmm. one finger on the wheel and texting with the other hand <laughs> it's not secure like it's not <laughs> best practice but i'm just saying people will be able to drive like that for a year without anything happening mm -hmm. eventually something will happen mm -hmm. that's why you don't do it but uh, yeah. uh i mean the thing is with car driving uh in this sense and the analogy is for other things too is like uh but with cars uh, riding a bike whatever it is shit will happen mm -hmm. that is that is like thing when things to happen when mm -hmm. you expose yourself to yeah you know whatever if you go travel somewhere things can happen yeah like uh that that is a part of the the mm -hmm. bargain but um uh yeah i mean that's a cool cool thing uh and i definitely think uh uh that is i mean 
as you said, like if you don't want to, then nothing's going to happen. But <laughs> what's uh, what's going to change that want is, of course, uh, you know, the uh, just the change of your story. Yeah. Where where you start to say like, well, you know, it's not super important, but you know, actually, I could do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, I if I if I would just you know sit myself in the car for the next 10 years and I was just going to drive you know first I'm going to drive 10 meters mm -hmm. and second week I'm driving 20 meters and you know and then I'm going to do that reverse for two years <laughs> like are you going to you're going to be the best car driver in the world right and uh, there's no there's no reason for not thinking that because it's just going to you know, the more time you spend there. Right. Uh, and and obviously you are intelligent enough to know that has nothing to do with your genes. It has nothing to do with anything more than that, this kind of story. Yeah. Like just like Jim, I'm a, I'm a bad reader <laughs> or a slow reader. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> um, yeah. What I mean, I have a lot of insecurities uh, for sure. As I said, like there are poking uh, probably or like hiding around mm -hmm. uh, but yeah what do I have for big insecurities like I have well something I always had is probably just being you know tall and big mm -hmm. and one of the insecurities that comes with that is uh, you don't like when you're tall or if you're small I don't know how it is but you don't realize that you're big and uh, big and tall and it's just everyone else is uh, notifying you and then of course when you're flying with your plane uh, airplane and uh, when you start crossfit <laughs> um but there is some kind of uh underlurking insecurity in being you know bigger and taller mm -hmm. um maybe there are some some parts that comes with it is like you're automatically seen as more authoritarian mm -hmm. uh, you're automatically supposed to be in some way mm -hmm. and maybe also uh, the security of you know just moving strangely because mm -hmm. your movement pattern starts to ch you know change when you're bigger mm -hmm. uh, or taller like like these really tall guys when you see those it looks like a lot of funny like when they're yeah. when they're walking yeah um and i guess that's uh something that also was you know it's not a big issue and like i can intelligently kind of pick that those things apart yeah um but yeah sometimes it's definitely like something that does has been whispering before like does this like affect my you know i guess this is has to do with uh you know something you have when you grow up like am i attracted mm -hmm. like, and and stuff like that so is this affecting my mm -hmm. attractiveness and mm -hmm. and whatever uh and um you know there's a reason why or at least i think why most actor actors and actresses they're mostly shorter people mm -hmm. uh and i think that has to do a bit with this like what we associate with a uh, like nicer movement patterns mm -hmm. and so on. I, I don't know if it's like something that is more genetically 
driven in us that mm-hmm. we, what we find aesthetically more nice um but yeah i i think there might be something like that but it's um yeah okay that's fascinating <laughs> actually a very good insecurity i have or i got um is um english so when i <laughs> when i moved to germany my english was uh, i'm telling my this telling myself this uh, my English was twice as good as it is today. And um, it comes down to like when I started just getting into German and so on, I felt like I started to lose control over my uh, capacity or ability to speak English in, in any way I wanted to. So before I moved to Germany, I could basically pick up any dialect or accent in, in English. Mm-hmm. And now every time when I try, it's just blocks. Like if I if I really want to talk like a <laughs> Southern American accent, uh, I, I I can't keep that anymore. Like, yeah. or 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 if I want to try to do like an Irish accent now on the spot, I can't do that. I, I used we to, used to be able to. I I used to be able to just switch Scottish, uh, Irish. Uh, Canadian was never like super clear to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know. Um, Queen's accent, yeah. Southern uh, Australian. Um, but yeah, I just lost that capacity uh, when I moved here uh, for some way. And yeah, that, that definitely. And now because I'm thinking of it, it makes me super insecure. So every time I'm like trying to, I, I just block myself and I just don't let, let the flow come. So I, I even had this, in, to be honest, in before high school. So uh, I, we, we had English at school and uh, my assignment in many of these like English classes was uh, the teacher found it so, so interesting that I could just, you know, read a dialogue and I could switch dialects in this dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> so I ha- had this assignment many times like, uh, and I really enjoyed that, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But now it's just always blocking. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's... maybe if we had more members from like different english speaking areas it would start to i mean we do but I, I i tend to i tend to adjust my dialect a bit more so when i um i don't know not so much with, with mark i mm-hmm. guess um but i've had that with you know when people are speaking different dialects mm-hmm. i tend to i, I have some some friends that are Irish mm-hmm. that I I tend to speak a bit more Irish accents mm-hmm. and uh, I pronounce it a, a bit differently <laughs> but it's, it's not, pretty good <laughs> yeah but again like now when I'm trying to I can't keep that flow yeah like, I, I, I start to feel like ah oh, this doesn't sound really in there but yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like when I see when I meet other Canadians here I start to speak a little bit more Canadian yeah. but Cana- how, how is Canadian Canadian like don't ask. I, I I couldn't even do. Maybe I am doing a Canadian accent now, but I I don't know. Like when I I talked to my grandparents yesterday, and and my grandfather his he's from um, Toronto, so everything is a little bit more. Um, see, I can't even do it. 
now I can't even do it right now. Okay. Now I can't. But um, it's more closed. The 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 mm-hmm. West Coast is more spread open. Um, but anyways, we can we can have an entire episode about different dialects if you if you want, and then you <laughs> yeah. can give us a, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, interesting. Um, okay, cool. All right. Uh, do we have anything else on the agenda? No. No, I think I think we covered a lot of interesting, you know topics and points and and i hope that you know who's ever listening got something out of this and if you have questions or ideas or topics that you want us to talk about please um let us know and we will we'll think about it (laughs) (laughs) we'll think about it and uh you know don't be insecure uh (laughs) let us know and yeah i i guess key point uh everyone has insecurities and sometimes you just need to face them it might not mean that they're going to disappear but you know better to live in the in the enlightenment than mm-hmm. in the dark yeah so, yeah. yeah all right okay. thank you thank you and bye bye